As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 410 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. Just Adam for the intro here, uh, recording this a little bit later than normal, uh, a.k.a. Thursday morning when the episode is going to come out. So hence just me, uh, bright and early here in the morning at the Overdrive offices in Cleveland. Uh, Really excited for you to hear this episode. It's a little unique, and it's very much a a family affair uh, on, on today's episode. So the main part of this conversation is with Joseph Siraki, who is the husband of Andrea, who comes on the, ep- on the, the podcast pretty frequently. Uh, Andrea works here at Overdrive with us, and Joseph has created this incredible graphic novel called A Letter to Joe, and it is a look at World War II through the eyes of Joseph's relative who was actually in World War II and he wrote this letter to his wife Josephine back home and we get into the whole thing but what they what he did is he took this letter which they discovered uh, at, you know he was shown after you know his uh, relatives had passed away and Joseph took this and turned it into a, a graphic novel because he wanted to share the story and it's just it's something I actually I think I mentioned when we're talking about it like if you would have seen this story that is told through the graphic novel as a movie you would think it was not realistic just because of all of the things that Joseph's uh, grandfather has to go through during World War II and all of the sacrifices he makes and and all this stuff. So it's a really just exceptional look at what war can do to someone who has to face everything going through the process. But also it's told in a way that Joseph is able to give some insight into the family that he came from and it is haunting and beautiful and this conversation was really really fun a because we're friends but also b because he gave us a very interesting look into how graphic novels are put together there's so much work that goes into this in fact uh, at the time that we spoke it was like late summer and obviously now it's january uh, and the book is coming out next week if you're listening to this when the book when the actual episode goes out so the the book comes out on January 21st and we were speaking back in August and everything in the book was just about done and there was still 
little bit of a delay, but just the back and forth that he has with the illustrator and the process, it, it's super interesting. It's something that we haven't ever done before on the podcast where we really get to dive into how a graphic novel is put together. Uh, Andrea also joined us, and uh, Andrea and Joe were a little bit of the, the peanut gallery on this conversation while I was uh, chatting with Joseph about the book. Um, it's a lot of fun. It was just like a, a cool experience to have a coworker who I adore and her husband, who I also adore, all in the room at the same time with us. Uh, really breaking down this, I mean, basically combination of a love story and also like a battlefield memoir. Uh, I, I, you guys are going to love it. Um, again, the story itself is amazing, but this is something that I highly recommend you go get a copy of because the artwork in it is stunning and it's it will stay with you. Um, it's extremely heart-wrenching, but I, you're going to love it. Um, we talk a lot about the artist. Her name is Kelly Williams, and just the interaction that Joseph and Kelly had back and forth to create this book. You need to get a copy of it. So I will put a a link in our show notes for you to pre-order this uh, and to go get yourself a copy. And then if you want to recommend it to your libraries, of course, you can do that stuff too. But highly, highly recommend. It is something that you're going to want to have a copy of. Uh, And before we get to that, there's something else I, I want to briefly let you know about. So we talk uh, at the end of all of our, of our episodes. Um, there is our outro that plays. It talks about how we are um, an evergreen podcast. So evergreen is the kind of podcast network that we're a part of. And there's a ton of great uh, different podcasts on there. And one that I really, really love is called Seven Minute Stories. Uh, seven Minute Stories, the host's name is Aaron, and he uses these seven minute kind of vignettes to share memories, explore his psyche, and attempt to kind of make sense of the world. Uh, he releases one every single week. And the way that I like to describe Aaron's podcast, Seven Minute Stories, is it's like you're sitting with a really, really close friend or a family member, either maybe it's the end of a holiday or maybe you're sitting down to a really nice family dinner or a a meal with a bunch of friends and you're just completely captivated because that friend is telling you a story that you can't believe is real or the amount of detail that they're able to share in the memories. And this is something that you get to hear every single week on 7 Minute Stories. Um, He's done stuff about music that he loves. He's celebrated the holidays. He... Um, it's just an episode, it's a, like I said, an episode a week, seven minutes. And it's something that it just kind of warms my heart every time that there's a new seven minute stories available. So, uh, he brings on guests every once in a while. Um, he's actually had Dennis Kucinich on there, uh, Bill Squire, who's a really popular comedian. Uh, there's just a lot of really great stuff, but then there's something as simple as like an episode about how he makes Sunday sauce. Like it might be, you know, like, like you're making a, a thing of spaghetti. So, I love it. I think you guys will too. Again, if you go subscribe, you can find it at 7minutestoriespod.com. Or if you want to see all of the awesome uh, if you want to see all of the awesome podcasts that were kind of sisters and brother podcasts too, you can just go to evergreenpodcast.com. You're going to see a whole bunch of them. Um, and conveniently, the 7 Minute Stories and Professional Book Nerds podcasts are right next to each other on the website. right under the storytelling so definitely check it out i think you guys are really going to enjoy it and if you want to get a hold of us here at our podcast you can of course always go to professionalbooknerds.com there you'll find links to all of our social media which is at probooknerds on twitter and instagram Um, recently we put a post up about 
donating books to prison libraries. Uh, we had a great conversation with Penny Reed about that a few weeks back. And I put a post about how uh, we donated a huge box of books. So if you want some more information about how to do that, and if you're some, if you're interested in doing that in your area, check out that on our Instagram account. Um, if you have any questions, you can always email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Got a bunch of really great emails lately about people asking for specific books if they'll work for our Professional Book Nerds Reading Challenge. Uh, got some people asking for recommendations for uh, their kids who are graduating high school. So uh, we are a one-stop shop for all of your recommendations. So if you want to email us, go ahead. Um, also, anytime you guys do email us, if something that's really, really, really appreciate and that we're really, really interested in offering your recommendations on, sometimes it turns into episodes. So we, we like that. Um, and one little small plea, because I don't do it very often. But if you're listening to us and you're really enjoying the podcast, if you want to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to us, whether it's you know Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever it is, uh, it helps people find us just a little bit easier. And it's definitely working. I can tell you we're getting new listeners all the time from all around the world. So um, yeah, I think that's all of the housekeeping Again, really, really appreciate you guys. We're having an incredible month of, of downloads, so people really seem to be looking for uh, those reading recommendations as a part of the new year. So, okay, that is all of my <clears throat> housekeeping and all that jazz. Uh, I'm really, really, really excited for you guys to listen to this conversation with Joseph Siraki on the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Adam, and I am joined not only by Jill, but uh, a whole room full of people. We're going to do something a little bit different today. First off, Jill, hey, how's it going? Yo. Hey, we're in two different rooms because we have a full house today. So people may recognize one of the voices on the show. It's Andrea. Hello, Andrea. Hello. And for the first time, that I, the only time I'll ever say this, you're not the most important person in your family in the room today, because we also have your husband, Joe. <laughs> but jo- it's my birth month. I, wow. Yes, it's your birth Okay. Well, we'll cold. get to that in a minute. <laughs> First off, your husband, Joe, or Joseph Seraki, as it says on, the, on the, the title of the book, is here. Joe, how's it going? Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So the reason that we have both of you in here, one, is because Joe wrote a book that we're going to talk about called A Letter to Joe, not you, you're not the Joe. Right, and that's actually why I went by Joseph on the title, so <laughs> we didn't get any confusion yeah, that, with that it's a sense. letter to me versus... My grandmother, as we'll talk about. Admittedly, it's saying Joseph on there. I've never once called you Joseph or heard, heard Andrea say Joseph. So no, 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 don't normally go by Joseph. But, but I will. I will do my best to use that. So uh, we're gonna talk about your book because it's amazing, and I got to read it yesterday, and I really, really loved it. And we're excited to do this. So you had some time off because you're a teacher. So right. Actually, get you here in the summer. Um, so we always love starting our conversations by having the author kind of give an introduction to the book. So I will let you do that because it's really interesting. Okay, so first and foremost, um, it's a graphic novel. Um, I'm not sure you have a lot of uh, graphic novel artists or authors on the show. Not as many as we should because I really love I don't graphic know novels. If we've really. We've had a few, <laughs> but not like we haven't had both with the illustrator as well. But you're not the illustrator. I'm not this, the illustrator. So no, I will shut up. Go ahead. You would. <laughs> you would not enjoy this book if I was the illustrator. <laughs> trust me. You're not that bad. I'm also not that. You're good. really good at drawing Elsa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, our, our daughter is obsessed with uh, Frozen, so I get a little practice drawing uh, Elsa and That's Anna at the same time. Um, so the book uh, is takes place uh, towards the end of and during World War II. Uh, it's 
based off of a letter that my grandfather, Leonard Seraki, had written my grandmother, Josephine Seraki, uh, about his experience towards the end of the war. Now, he had written her letters prior to that, but there was a lot of censorship uh, with the letters at that time, especially when you were behind enemy lines. They didn't want any information being received um, on the opposing side. So at the end of the war, he really got to expand upon what his experience was and his story uh, to my grandmother. Uh, so that kind of frames the entire story. He was shipped out uh, when he was 18 years old, right after the two had just gotten engaged against their parents' wishes. Um, so it's, it's not just this like action war story. Um, there is a lot of that. Uh, he did see a lot of action overseas. He turned down promotions to stay with his machine gun that um, you see in the story he names death uh, and frankly barely escaped with his life. But I think at its core, the story is more than that. Um, it's a love story between the two of them. Um, it ends with him, and I guess this is kind of a spoiler. I was but say, it, yeah, I was say, yeah. But he couldn't have. You know, he survived. <laughs> yeah, <we know>. right? <laughs> I wouldn't be yeah. here otherwise. Yeah, spoiler: um, Joe, Joe is here. Because, he, yeah. yeah, after four years overseas, he returns back to them, and they get married, and they can finally start a life together. And what's unique about this graphic novel, and I don't know that this has ever been done in another in another comic is mm -hmm. that it includes parts of the actual letter in the narrative and that kind of frames the entire story. I, I was just going to say I'm really glad that you there's a you write in the beginning you kind of like give almost like a forward like a prologue I guess yes. it's a prologue where you kind of explain like We actually debated should we call it a <laughs> forward or a prologue? Yeah. yeah. But it's like it sort of as this thing where you I'm really glad that you basically explain to people like this is more or less what happened because it reads like a like a historical fiction like if you if this was a movie I'd be like well that's not realistic all the stuff that he had to go through right. and like what he survived like it had to be just kind of like earth shattering for you guys to see this letter for the first time, especially, you know, your grandmother being able to read it yeah. afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she, she, and I mentioned this in the book, she gave me uh, a copy of the letter um, later on when I could appreciate it a lot more, and I was blown away with, at, by it in the beginning, but then I tucked it away, took it out again, and then as I got older, you know, I really came to appreciate it a lot more. And that, and that's not to say that this this graphic novel is entirely non-fiction because it's not. Mm -hmm. Although his words do frame this story, um, there's fictionalized aspects to it as well. Mm -hmm. I'm, by the way, I'm not like, I'm looking at Joe and Andrea and Jill are behind me, so just, if you have things, <laughs> I, like, don't, I don't want to like bogart a conversation. Well, so feel I, free, yeah. I will say that when I read the letter, I cried. That doesn't surprise me. And okay, I yeah, cry at commercials. It's emotional, but yes, yeah. she, she cries a lot. <laughs> no, I, well, it doesn't surprise me in two folds because the letter is, like you said, you have the letter at the end of the story so people can actually read it. Right, in, in its, its original form. And I was a little misty. I was actually, Jill sits in front of me, and I was kind of glad you didn't, like, turn around and look at me because I was a little misty. <laughs> I was reading it as well yesterday at my, my desk, but also because I can imagine Andrea crying about stuff I like cry this. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> commercials, anything. Yeah, two kids. It's understandable. Yeah, it got worse with each kid. Oh man. Oh yeah. Oh. Um. So why did you? When we talked about this before start recording, why did you want to make this a graphic novel? Yeah, I mean that's a good question. Why? Why put this in graphic form rather than just simply writing about it? Um, 
So when you read Leonard's original words, um, he describes everything very vividly, emotionally. Um, I think there's an eloquence to his writing, and I wanted to capture that, but he doesn't really describe scenery. He doesn't Mm. describe people around him. And I think that that could only really be captured in a graphic novel in comic form. And for that, we absolutely must mention Kelly Williams, the artist on this book, who did an amazing job. It's incredible. It, the ver- actually, the version that you sent me, and, I, and we're a little bit, we're recording this a little bit before the book comes out, but the version you sent me, there's like the, like the sketchbook stuff mm-hmm. at the end. Is that going to be a part of the graphic novel that people will be able to get access to yeah so you have the um actual story um and there's different chapters to the story um and i kind of laid out the chapters to represent the duality of this is a war and love story but also there's a duality to leonard's character as well which uh, i tried to express in the book um and then at the end of the book you had mentioned that we have the original letter yeah um in its entirety, we also have an illustrated poem that he had written while he was overseas. And then we'll have um, some of the old photographs from when he and my grandmother were in high school, some of his army photo- photographs that he took when he was overseas, and then some of uh, Kelly's sketchbook uh, with his commentary on that as well. It, it's like the the sketchbook, I'm like, I just pulled up the sketchbook now just because it's I love that you have something you show with the sketchbook because you have all the sketches and you have like his pictures, the pictures next to yeah. it and it, it's incredible you're talking about being terrible at drawing <laughs> I was just like sitting there being like oh my god these he captures the likenesses it's incredible very very well and that's something we we wanted to do and we talked about um, and when I say we by the way um, a lot of these conversations uh, were not just between myself and Kelly but um, editor uh, Brendan Wright as well. He uh, played a uh, huge role in putting this book together from the very, very beginning before actually Kelly stepped in. So how did you get... I know a lot of times, the few times we have talked to graphic novelists or comic drawer... Comic drawer... Illustrator? Yeah, well, yeah, like comic the writers, a writer of the... Con- Jesus, Adam. That's why we're here. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Got the peanut gallery over here. Um, no, a lot of times, like, the authors will tell us that they don't have a lot of back and forth with the artists. They'll say, you know, I kind of gave them the story. Really? Yeah. I can't imagine how you can make a comic or graphic novel in that way. So, so with the two of you have, being so closely connected, and obviously there's a story about your family, so it makes yeah. a lot of sense that you'd be you know, involved in like the, the aspects of, of how everything should look, but when it came to like piecing together like where certain aspects of the story went or like where parts of dialogue went or things like that, like did, were you like page by page kind of in lockstep having conversations about it? or is Yeah, absolutely. I mean... So have you ever seen a comic script? Uh, like the, uh, no, I don't, I don't even know okay. why I was going to ask what it was, because clearly I haven't. In the yeah. paper on Sunday? Uh, no, no, no. That's a comic <laughs> strip. Comics. Strip. He said script. <laughs> oh, I thought he said strip. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Sorry, continue. Okay. So we began with the script. Um, and when you write a comic script, you're basically talking in two voices. You have voice that you're speaking to the artist, mm-hmm. kind of describing the panel, uh, what's going on in the panel, 
um, the scenery and the setting, et cetera, et cetera. And then you have the words that are actually appearing on the page that people, your readers, are going to see. Mm -hmm. So your script is laid out in this kind of dual voice, one where you're speaking to the artist and mm -hmm. one for the reader. Um, beginning with the script, Brendan and I uh, worked a lot with the script, kind of fleshing everything out. Mm -hmm. um, and then we began the process of looking for an artist. Um, he had suggested Kelly. Uh, we talked to Kelly about it. He was really interested. Um, he did a sample page. And the sample page that he did um, was... Is I'm it, just bringing it up on Yeah, on is, it, the, like, is it in the sketchbook? Yeah, it's it's in the... If you're looking at the document, it's on page 12. Okay. Now, this wasn't exactly the one he did, uh, but it's a scene where it's basically just my grandfather in high school uh, meeting my grandmother. And we really got... A good sense of the emotion um, that he could bring to the page, uh, as well as his innate ability to really capture the likenesses of the characters, and he just did a beautiful job of what otherwise might might be a fairly boring page. Well, and, and not only that, just like every single page has just, there's so much to it. Obviously, there's a lot of depth. Yes, and, and I don't know if you can tell, but these are all hand painted in watercolors by him. Yeah, yeah that, that's another thing. Is like the 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 watercolors is a thing that, and I, I read a fair amount of graphic novels, not like a ton of them, but like that feels something that's not usually in graphic novels is the watercolor. Yeah, a lot of time it. now they are digitally digitally colored and often by another person. Yeah, they're they're amazing. So, you you know you mentioned that it's, you know it's not one hundred percent an accurate story because you filled in a lot of the blanks where there weren't you know specifics, but. It, you did a ton of research, right? Like, there's all of the the battles and things are historic, historically accurate, correct? Right. So, how did you go about like finding? Like, obviously, your teachers obviously you probably know how to do research. <laughs> so, here's the thing about Leonard's letter. He talks about a lot about where he was, um, his experience, but what he left out was a lot of the actual information about the battles themselves and I, I honestly think that was quite intentional on his part because yeah. that's I think that would be something that would be very difficult for him to talk about mm -hmm. likewise he doesn't really talk at all about his fellow soldiers um, and the people around him so that had to be fictionalized as well so one of the things that um, I began doing as I started writing this is starting to read some um, memoirs um, from other authors who would have been in similar situation as my grandfather. Um, one was called Company Commander. Uh, it's a classic infantry memoir of World War II by the author by the name of Charles B. MacDonald. Mm -hmm. Great, great novel where he barely, very plainly describes the misery and terror that he felt throughout this war, but he was also a company commander so mm -hmm. he was someone who was in charge he was constantly worried about the, the men that he had that he right. was in charge of i i'm just curious so while you're kind of going through all this like where how did it feel for you andrew i'd say who i'm talking to since we're <laughs> uh how did it feel to kind of like see like joe going through this stuff and, and learning um, about all this it was kind of cool because he started I don't even. When did you start writing this? 
years ago. Yeah, and I, with my English and knowledge, grammar, background, did a very... Knowledge, grammar, background. I know, yeah. That was great. Thank That's you. Great English right there. <laughs> Demonstrating it yes. as we speak. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, I did a first, like, kind of like a first pass edit. Okay. Of the script. The script. Yeah, she helped a lot with <laughs> some of the early proofing. So it was so to watch it go from like that to like constantly see him emailing with Brendan and Kelly and like mm-hmm. constantly, constantly, <laughs> yeah, constantly. <laughs> it was a lot. No, hey guys, it, was it frequent? Guys, it's still going on. <laughs> it's still ongoing. <laughs> like I th- before when you said where, where the author doesn't have a lot of connection with. <laughs> With the illustration, I can't imagine how you could possibly make a comic or a graphic novel in that way. I I would say that the process was almost like ten percent writing the script and ninety percent emailing. Because <laughs> I'm t- I'm telling you, every page, every panel, you know, Kelly would start with a sketch, like mm-hmm. a, a rough thumb, and then we would start talking about that, and then he would make the changes, and then he would refine it, and we would talk about that, and then yeah. You know, Tons and tons of communication, and without that communication, I don't know how you can make a book I, like this. I'm not crazy, Rachel. Like this is what they told us that they. So, I've no. heard it. Yeah. Okay. Who's I think it just. I mean, depending on. I'm sure pe- different people have their yeah, different, different processes. People, maybe they don't aren't necessarily as invested in the art, or they don't want to be, or they don't want to be, yeah. or they would prefer to leave it up to the artist or something. Else. I wonder if it has a lot to do with like the specific artist as well, being maybe. like, no, this is the way that I kind of want. Well, because you guys. You did it, and then you sold it. Yeah. So the document that so that um, I wonder I if that played a factor is um, what we put together prior to us actually knowing that this was going to get published. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. Oh wow! This is a labor of love. So yes, it was. <laughs> put a lot of work, a lot of time, um, and a lot of effort into this without ever really knowing whether or not this would be published. Well, like when people when when people get a chance to read this, like they're going to see the document you sent me is like 140 pages. I mean, it's a graphic novel, so you know, yeah. it, but it's 140 pages of ink and paint and work. Like that's. That's a hell of a commitment. Oh, my God. It was. And and I guess some people might think, well, it's kind of risky on your part, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I thought, worst case scenario, if this never gets published, here's something that this document that I have that I can pass on to my daughters and something that could be kept within my family and can kind of show future Mm -hmm. generations where they came from. Maybe don't show this to your daughters like right away. Yeah, yeah I, I don't agree know. With that. No, maybe, bedtime story. Maybe bedtime story. I can't read Fancy Nancy again. I'm not doing it. Okay. There's a few bad words in it. A few. We'll, yeah. s- we'll skip them. Well, I like the fact that um, it kind of as Joe goes through the war and things get more and more bleak, like the the tone of the imagery yes. also kind of follows along. And that's, that's, again, something that Kelly Williams just did an amazing job portraying. He... We, we, we had talked about this, so this was a conscious effort on his part where Leonard would start very green, like he's mm-hmm. fresh, and he's this this enthusiastic kid that just got out of high school. And then as the war wears on, you can physically see the war mm-hmm. wearing him down, mm-hmm. and emotionally as well. Yeah, I, so I'm, I'm curious. Andrew, did you get to know his... No, no they... They had passed. They passed long before yeah. I even met Joe. Okay, so how old were you when, when he passed away? I was fairly young. Um, I want to say maybe around 12 or so. Okay, I, the reason I ask that is there's this thing you have at the beginning where you kind of talk about who your grandfather was and how you saw him as a grandfather. Yeah. 
And the reason I bring this up is because I was honestly like the same age when one of my grandfathers passed away as my mom's father, and I saw him through the most rose-colored glasses you could possibly. I was 12 years old, that to me, he walked on water. And I learned after the fact that he was an alcoholic, and he was probably a little bit abusive, and all these things I didn't know about. And you kind of talk about the same thing with mm-hmm. your grandfather. Uh, mine didn't have an excuse. He didn't go to war. He was just kind of a jerk, apparently. Um, <laughs> I but, don't know if that's necessarily an excuse, but... <laughs> well, <laughs> well, but like, I'm, certain, I'm, I'm sure it played a role. Well, But I like the fact that you talk about that in the beginning where you're and you can definitely see where he may have kind of had these you know things going on in his brain that you guys never knew about all throughout the story all the stuff yeah. that he went through but i love the fact that you show you're like to me this was the type of person i saw and then i kind of learned more about him like i think that's important because you have you said something or maybe it was a quote that you put in the beginning where it's like we look back on people and remember only the kind of the positive things about them right and, I, and that's just like a I feel like that's a very like, a grandfather, grandmother thing. I feel like that's what we do with like grandparents, like <laughs> yeah, because absolutely. of the way that we see them as ten year olds, eleven year olds, twelve year olds. Yeah, I, that would have been weird if you knew them when you guys were like ten. <laughs> no, we didn't know each other yet. Okay, Andrew and I. So, how like do you have other than you know the the letters you you have his medals as well, correct? Yeah, he um, made sure that they went to me after he passed away, which mm-hmm. was also something. That was really special to me because that was one of the ways that he and I would often connect. Now, while he wouldn't discuss specifics about the war uh, with me, um, I was really the only people in our in our family that expressed an interest in it. Mm-hmm. So he would always take them out. He would show them to me. Um, so it was really special that he left those to me. And I got to hang on to those. Are you a history teacher? Is that is that? No, I'm actually a high school science teacher. Science. Okay. Yeah. Science rules. <laughs> I was so bad at science. I was so bad at science. I was and so math. bad at science. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I always tell him it's a good thing he's good at science and math because when our girls are of age and come home with science and math homework, I'm, I'm like, just going to be like, no time <laughs> <laughs> oh, between the two of you, though, with what, uh, you know, your literary knowledge and obviously you're well read as well, man, your kids are going to be very, very smart. No pressure. Let's hope. No yes. pressure. <laughs> no pressure on them, right? <laughs> um, what was kind of the hardest part of creating, you know, putting this story together, whether it was deciding to, th- to tell a story and then, you know, all the way through through now where you're, you're getting ready to, to share it with the world? Well, I, I'd say one of the more difficult parts was really putting myself in his shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, that was also one of the more rewarding parts as well, though, because as I mentioned, he passed away when I was around 12. So it's been a long time since I've talked to my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And yet in writing this, I've, I've never really felt closer to him mm-hmm. because... I really had to put myself in his place um, in order to produce this. So that was something that was difficult, but it was also something that was really personally rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that was very difficult with this, and maybe for a lot of people that make comics, is it requires a great deal of patience. Yeah, I know? bet. But like <laughs> like I, we, we talked about, I, I wrote this years ago. Mm-hmm. And then... We had to finish up the script and refine the script, and then we had to find an artist. We had to get the looks right of the characters, and then it took easily a year for him to complete this. Yeah. And then it does not end with just um, me and Kelly and Brendan. Um, Taylor Esposito uh, did all of the lettering on this. Mm -hmm. Lettering is, in my opinion, uh, completely un... 
uh, underrated artistic uh, art form. And you don't really notice lettering unless it's bad, right? (laughs) Taylor did an amazing job. His lettering, I think, completely expresses the tone of this story, um, particularly in the parts that include Leonard's own words. Um, He uses kind of a scriptive font, um, and it looks like kind of like torn paper there. Yeah, it's clearly defined the difference between the two. Like, you can definitely tell what's supposed to be his words. And and you, you had asked earlier about, you know, like the placement of the words. That's all Taylor. You know, when Kelly draws this, he has an idea. He mm-hmm. leaves space for parts of the script that he knows need to go mm-hmm. here. But the actual placement of the words, arranging them so it leads the eye along with the art, that's all Taylor Esposito. So truly, letters are artists. Looking through this, again, like I can't, being so bad at art. I can't <laughs> wrap my head around this process. It's so incredible. Like there's panels in this that like took my breath away. Like you can the emotion you can see both through the words and where they're put and the, the whole art the whole thing is yeah, I you guys I can't imagine how many hours Kelly actually spent on this. I'm not sure even he knows. You actually started writing this before Quinn was born, didn't you? Yeah. So yeah, she's gonna yeah. so she'll be about three when it's published, like, mm. out in the world. You should still wait to show it to her. <laughs> She's three. Oh, She'll show, be show fine. Uh, she can see a couple of pages. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess there's some dark parts in Frozen, but nothing like this. No. Not no. quite. Should be fine. Oh, you guys <laughs> do a second copy. We're all, instead kids of, Kids like, version? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The abridged for kids? It would be, like, 30 pages. Young reader's edition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, the, the Golden Books versions of them. Yeah. Oh. Fun. Yeah, and then other artistic uh, contributions. Brett Carville, he did the illustrations for the poem, did an amazing job there. Um, the poem, um, mentioned it before, was uh, also written by Leonard when he was overseas, and this is uh, reproduced in its entirety completely as he wrote it. It's a lot darker, I think, than the letter. Um, yeah, I think he was in a darker place when he wrote this, and. Brett did an amazing job capturing that. There is one image in particular, and I don't want to give it away, but there's he the way he depicts a Nazi. Yeah, the, it, it's it's a lot more expressive, and it's in, it's interesting. It's insanely, it's amazing. Like literally, I like gasped yesterday. And it was, it's phenomenal. Um, and then even there, the artistic contributions don't end because um, we originally we had uh, an artist by the name of RM. Guerra um, doing the cover. Now, Kelly has uh, produced a new cover and back cover uh, for the published version, so mm-hmm. we've moved this to a uh, pinup, so it'll still appear in the book, but um, he is an amazing artist, and actually, he was one of the people that I talked to um, early on. He and I had uh, had a Skype conversation, and he kind of encouraged me and um, gave me ideas for how I could make this happen, mm-hmm. and he just made an amazing uh, pinup for this book, and then there's also designs that go along into the book because when you look at the front and the back matter, someone had to actually put all of this together, put the photographs together. A guy by the name of uh, a designer by the name of Jimmy Pressler did this, um, and I think he did an amazing job capturing the tone and move uh, of the story and incorporating that into the designs. And then, actually producing everything, um, his wife Conley Pressler put it all together. So there's a lot of people. <laughs> A lot of cooks in the kitchen on this. No, you can see the like my mouth agape. (laughs) I'm just like I. It's it blows my mind. I'm exhausted just thinking about this process. I, I, 
man, I'm glad that you did, but why do people make graphic novels? This is so hard. There's so many steps <laughs> in this. This is incredible. I, I'm sure there's some people that can do all of those things, but I most definitely could not. So I, I was very lucky in that respect that I was surrounded by people who that are not only professionals, but communicate Mm -hmm. uh, amazingly with me and kind of helped me along the way and believed in the project as much as I did. Yeah, it's so amazing. Um, Joe, do you want to do the Nerd 9? Do you want to go through that with him? This complete left turn? Oh, I don't have it. I got it. I was fine. I just wanted to check. (laughs) Okay, so Andrew knows this, but at the end of our episodes, we ask nine lighthearted questions Mm -hmm. uh, that we ask every author. So the first one is, what's the last book you finished reading? Last book was The Book Thief, actually, by Marcus Zusak. Nice. Uh, graphic novel. Yeah, since go for we it. are talking comics, <laughs> uh, They Called Us Enemy by George Takai, illustrated mm-hmm. by Harmony Becker. Uh, really powerful. I highly suggest it. Uh, I lo- checking I lo- that out. I love that your last book was also World War II, so you did all the research <laughs> and stuff in the book. <laughs> well, actually, I was waiting for another ebook, and Andrea had it on the bookshelf, so. Oh, there you go. And she's been wanting me to read that. Good job, Andrea. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, do you have a favorite place to read? Uh, more like a favorite time before the kids get up, so I have a little <laughs> bit of quiet. <laughs> That's fair. Um, do you remember the book that kind of made you fall in love with reading as a kid? Uh, so again, I guess I would have to go novel, graphic, or comic. Uh-huh, so sure. novel, um, I remember reading this one at, um, my grandparents' house and getting this, uh, when I went to the library with my grandmother, Josephine, it was The Door in the Wall, uh, by Marguerite Angeli. You're familiar with it? I have not. I'm not. It sounds familiar. Yeah, so I'm not with that it's, it's about like a young nobleman. He loses uh, the use of his legs, mm-hmm. um, and he had basically spent his entire life thinking that he was going to be a knight, mm-hmm. um, and then kind of dealing with that and overcoming that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, is that the book or the graphic novel? That's the book. Okay. Uh, I would say comic as a kid, Spider-Man. Okay, yeah. I just like to have, in real life, Peter Parker was this dorky kid. <laughs> <laughs> Who likes science. Yeah, yeah. It fits right in with all of this here. I still like Spider-Man. Um, did you have a graphic novel one as well? Let's say that's like a comic uh, slash graphic you novel. Know, as a kid, I, I didn't really, I just read comics. Mm-hmm. I didn't really, um, I kind of got reintroduced to comics through um, a book called Why the Last Man mm-hmm. by uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra. Brian K. Vaughn, by the way, Clevelander. Brian K. Vaughn is awesome. Um, yeah, he's done a lot of amazing stuff. And that kind of uh, branched me into like Neil Gaiman's Sandman mm-hmm. and some Alan Moore books and things like March by John Lewis and Napal. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Andrew, do I ever ask you that book that made you fall in love with reading? Um, no, you didn't. Would you like to answer it? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> she thought you could be like, no, carry on. <laughs> no, continue. Um, actually, my grandmother gave me a bunch of early editions of Nancy Drew books, like first yes. edition Nancy Drews. Yep. So like Nancy Drew and the Clock in the Wall and the Secret Staircase, and I think those were really... Pivotal. Pivotal. So, okay. I had my mom's for a long time. I have no idea what happened to them. But yeah. yeah. I got them. I got them squirreled away so the girls don't yeah, find smart. them because I don't want to come home one day and they're in shreds. Because <laughs> little kids just are that's destructive. Smart. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, Joe. What's one place you want to travel that you have not yet been to? Uh, I've always wanted to go to Alaska and see the Northern Lights. Okay. By train. I like. Ooh. Oh, oh I'm, yeah. That's, Alex and I are talking about this. So, and for our ten year anniversary in a couple of years, we're going to do um, Scotland and England, and yeah. we specifically will be setting up our trip so that once we get there, we can do everything by train because we want to travel by fancy train. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Yeah, 
I want to have like like a sleeping car. And all yeah, that. sleeping car, like yeah. the whiskey, the whole night. Like I'm in an Agatha Christie novel, <laughs> minus the murder. Yeah. Minus the murder. Minus and the, the murder. Yeah. Um, what's, but, but will you have the cool mustache? I don't know that I. Okay, I can't start drive. now. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. I, if I have four years, maybe I can grow the mustache, the Poirot mustache. Uh, do you have a favorite holiday to celebrate? Mm, say mm, Halloween, maybe it's fun, yeah. macabre, or Christmas. You get to be with everybody. Though I wish it. I wish it still snowed uh, during Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't. We haven't had a white Christmas. Thanks, climate change. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? I never asked. I'm just gonna. You're um, here, so I'm just gonna ask these questions too. I would definitely say Christmas. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, coffee or tea? Uh, coffee. I find tea a little un-American. How <laughs> <laughs> about you? Coffee. <laughs> uh, cats or dogs? Uh, dogs. I'm actually allergic to cats. All right. So, yeah. so is my wife. So yeah, I got nothing against them, but... You also have a lovely giant beast of yeah, a dog. Yeah, giant German Shepherd. Yes. Little floof. He's, yeah, a little floof who won't come inside. A little 100-pound floof who likes to be outside when the heat index is off the charts. Yeah. And, oh, and outside when it's zero degrees out. <laughs> yeah. so, um, no matter what. <laughs> favorite food? Um, s- stuffed artichokes. It's actually my um, grandmother Josephine's recipe, but um, Andrea got the recipe, and she does an amazing job on those. Thank you. Is that also your favorite food? No, it's not. They're really <laughs> good, though. You like them. I do like them, but... Do you have a favorite? Sushi. That's okay. I always ask people these questions, and I don't know that I can answer them. Um, okay, if you get out of dinner with one person, alive or dead, who would you pick? Um, only one person? You don't have to say Andrea. She's right over there. It's okay. You have dinner <laughs> with me every night. It's yeah. fine. All right, I'm, I'm going to get a little sappy on this. I would like t- to have dinner with Josephine and Leonard, my deceased grandparents, so I could share this with them, so I yeah. could tell them about my life and Andrea and have them meet their great grandchildren and <laughs> see the man I've become, and hopefully they'd, they'd yeah. be proud of me. So but if you want a non-sappy answer, I would say <laughs> <laughs> Albert Einstein or Jackie Chan. That's, okay, that's, first off, I'll you would one hundred percent pick Jackie Chan. Don't <laughs> lie with Albert Einstein. I'll allow two so that you can have your grandparents. You really did make your wife cry just now. That's amazing. Um, we said she cries a lot. That's true. Yeah. Do you want to answer that question, sappy or non? Well, I I always would pick and. I feel like Joe stole my thunder because I would pick my grandmother who died when I was... She died in 97. I don't know how old I was. 10. <laughs> I was 10. Math. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you like a non-sappy one as well? That's a wonderful answer. I just, since we're... Um, Julie Andrews. Mm. That's really good, good too. Um, all right, Joe, last question for you. Yeah. What do you hope readers take away from reading a letter to Joe? Oh, I, I hope they get some sort of appreciation for the sacrifices that men like my grandfather and his fellow soldiers made uh, for freedom and against tyranny and especially for those men that made the ultimate sacrifice. Um, I think it's important to remember that and I hope this acts as some small reminder uh, to honor them and their, their amazing heroism that they displayed. That's awesome. Well, I think literally everyone should go read this book. I loved it. It Thank was you. so good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today, man. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Rakuten Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com.
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.